Magic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. What is psychic warfare? What is long-distance healing? Are all belief systems valid? Hello there, and welcome to the 310th broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And those questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. But let's get right to our guest. Uh, Reverend Nita Hickok has carried on a psychic and healing ministry for 40 years. Her official bio says she is an expert in exorcism, psychic warfare, soul healing, angelology, demonology, energy healing, long-distance healing, astral healing, and much more. It also says she is the original astral healer, unquote, quote-unquote. In her own words, quote, I started being interested in psychic abilities and the occult when I was 16 years old. I was hypnotized and found out that I had been reincarnated. They also tested me for psychic abilities, and I was found to be highly uh, a high-functioning clairvoyant. I was able to see, <clears throat> excuse me, what is in a desk drawer at a room uh, next door and describe what was in a box. I described the cotton filling and the beautiful antique garnet brooch. I was interested in unusual subjects from that moment onward. I started doing ceremonial magic when I was 17 years old. My teachers found me and wanted me to join their mystery school. I learned from what they taught me and others' mistakes. I also taught earth magic, I was also taught earth magic and ceremonial magic at the same time. I studied comparative religions and many subjects in cultural anthropology. Uh, Nita, uh, unquote. Nita is the author of Solving Psychic Attack and the newest book, Sensible Spirituality. Uh, we'll hear about those a little bit later. Uh, her website is www.astralhealer.com. Uh, Nita Hickard, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Thank you. Well, you're, uh, you're welcome indeed. Uh, before Ben begins with the questions, Nita, I wanted to make something clear. Uh, you're a very unusual guest for this show. Uh, we're very cautious about anyone who claims to be a psychic, a medium, a healer, or especially an exorcist, which of course is just about everybody today. <laughs> uh, but you stand out because anyone with 40 years at something deserves some respect, uh, even if we end up disagreeing with you. So uh, that's, um, you know, we, we respect your experience. Uh, we also realize that some of the biggest dummies around have PhDs after their names. I know plenty of them myself. Uh, not to disrespect those who are not dummies who have PhDs. Uh, so formal education and some narrow specialty is no guarantee that people know what they're talking about. So, And there are plenty of people who are wonderfully gifted but have little or no formal education. You know, Thomas Edison, for one. Uh, he stole all his ideas from people. Well, that's not my point. Uh, well, maybe, the, I don't know. Well, anyways, <laughs> Ben, thanks a lot. So any questions? <laughs> So any questions we ask about your background are asked in that spirit. But his assistant didn't have a PhD, and he had really good ideas. Well, why don't we do a Sean Thomas Edison some other time? Okay. All right. That's how we It's okay. I haven't stolen my ideas. Good. I I have people tell me, well, the books don't say that, so Uh Thomas Edison. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he had three months of formal education, and most of his teachers considered him an idiot. Mm. Anyway, Ben, take it away. Nita, where did the reverend in front of your name come from? The reverend came from my joining an interfaith church uh, that believes in all religions being valid. It's the Church of the Seven Plains, and they accept everybody and feel that if you have a call to God where you are using your abilities for good in a 
form of spiritual counseling or in any form of ministry which helps others, it is valid. And that all religions are just manifestations of one God that we can't comprehend or understand, so we should be tolerant of everybody. Well, I guess that, that makes sense. So you were a young girl when you got started, and where did you live at the time? And can you tell us what kind of experiences you had to get where you started? Well... I I really have had experiences all my life. I'm one of those people that if I'm in a place where there's anything going on with something weird or strange, it'll appear around me. And that's happened since I was born. My parents uh, really worried about me, so I've been baptized five times for that reason. And the... They gave examples where they tell people I was a strange child. I've had to hear it all my life because I'd be in my crib and I'd throw a toy at something and the, that something would throw the toy back. <laughs> uh, love it. When I was three, I had eye surgery. I almost died from uh, a reaction to the sulfa antibiotic. They bandaged my eyes up with uh, the normal pads you have after have being cross-eyed and having it corrected so I couldn't see. I was put in a crib with a net over the top and I got out of the crib without untying the net. This sounds like you, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I need to go ahead. And I walked out in the hallway. The nurses tried to tackle me. I ran. I ran up to the elevator. My parents were in there and my mom went and bribed me with a music box to never do that to her again. Oh, my goodness. Because it, it scared her. But not only that, it made her look like she was mother to a strange child. You were so, a handful. Yeah. Uh, I always loved life, and I was always sort of a practical joker. I have to admit it. It's not like, <laughs> you know, I, I was perfect there. But really, in one way, that's one reason I knew I, I did things, because my mom didn't give you a present for any reason, you know. She didn't give you a present to bribe you or bribe you with anything unless you had really done something. So I used, uh, the next time I went and uh, woke up, I'd been talking to my grandmother who I'd acted badly around, and she was apologizing for yelling at me. And I told, I ran into my mom's room and says, Grandma's dead. That was when I was five. And that got me my first baptism because they called up about ten minutes later and told her that my that my grandmother was dead. Mm-hmm. And so I've just done it all my life. It's what happened when I was 16. I lived in Las Vegas. And a friend of mine knew a couple people from the Ryan Institute, a nice married couple. And for our sociology exam in high school, she picked reincarnation. And so I went along with her because I was her partner in the report. And they uh, tested both of us and then hypnotized both of us. And I used to have a tape before all the magnetic stuff fell off it that uh, actually had me speaking in ancient Mongolian. Hmm. Okay. And, well, I want to get into all that too. Teenagers yeah. happen. Yeah. To, that so okay well when you were 16 or 17 then oh ben actually has the question here oh yeah so did people take you seriously at that age no no the only ones that took me seriously uh was the 
ones that tested me for the Rhine Institute, they told my mother, my mother said she wasn't going to be mother to a freak or have me made into a freak and wanted me to take it off the list. And um, that's how I just ended up with the tape and (laughs) nothing else. (laughs) So there wasn't much understanding from your family. Um, At that no. time, and yeah, I always tell Ben how lucky he is. Nineteen, and he's uh, considered internationally to be, uh, you know, a, a, something of an authority, which is pretty good for somebody that young. Well, to any nobody takes you seriously usually until you're at least forty. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and, and neither you say also that your experiences taught you that that quote. This is a quote from your bio to all gods and goddesses are valid and that they are part of one divine force that is incomprehensible to us who are incarnated upon this earth. Uh, no one can understand God, so everyone has choices in how they connect to God. This makes all belief systems valid, unquote. And now my question is, um, ha- I-, I-, I can't believe that you would include in that these nasty backdoor gods that that demand human sacrifice and human blood. No, because they're still no, around. Believe me. No, it's not so much including them, even though uh, God encompasses everything and allows everything that happens to happen. What what I feel this is is some people have a dark side to them. And so they create these nasty backdoor gods because that's the only divine they want to connect to. And it's the same thing, like the Hindu religion has five million gods, is a lovely religion, but how could you see five million gods? And it has to be a personal interpretation of how they connect to God for that to happen. Oh, no, I understand that. It's just that uh, looking at... um but do history. I call them a god? Uh, most yeah. of the time, no. I wouldn't call them a god. But the fact is, if people worship him as a god, I'm not going to go along with anything that um, I myself personally would not do. Yeah. But the fact is, is if they're doing this and they're making sacrifices, and the reason I brought up the Hindu gods was sometimes there are sacrifices there. There's even a branch of yoga where cannibal, cannibalism is approved of That's that true. most people don't realize. So, no, I don't really approve of those, but there's some people, that's the only way they can connect to the divine, and I have to feel sorry for them on one level, but in another level, if that's what they're trying to do, is connect to God, I mean, you know, but most of the time I believe that uh, ones like that have a tendency not to want to connect to the divine love, divine light, they want to connect to the part of the divine that is the... the yeah, there is a dark side to the yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the dark side, uh, where that's the only thing they can accept in their lives, and I would not want to be one of those people. No, but uh, they have a right to make that mistake for themselves. I, I see what you're saying. Uh, that's well put. Uh, I, I must say too, just from from uh, my own, I also have forty years of back, although not you know, purpose in other areas of the paranormal actually researching being in the trenches whatever now ben has joined me for since 05 now yes. and uh it's it, w- w- the reason i ask you that is because i i'm convinced that in human history 
uh, entities we uh, that are commonly known as demons or whatever we, we call them parasites because I don't think they have a theological agenda at all uh, no. have come forth and uh, perhaps uh, taken over communities in order to feed on people by making people think they were gods. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are modern examples of that, and that, that's that's the reason I ask. I just—it's just a question of discernment. I would. Think. Yeah. Now you are correct. Now, what I th- really, with a personal experience, I have a picture on my website called "Demon in a Window," and I was doing a house exorcism, and there was a red glow around what really looked like some weird face. And I could see the demon standing there psychically, but nobody could see it physically. And we took the photograph, and it was daylight, and that window pane was completely black. And it had this red, weird, crinkly energy around it. Then it had a face and a figure in it. And one of the people uh, that looked at the photo, the bigger one than on my website, went and said, it looks like it's giving you the finger. And, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, really, that's... that's I've had weirder things happen. Yeah, and yeah. so um, and so after that, I started thinking. Now, if it can be a pane in, in a pane of glass, and there's many traditions that believe that dead spirits and demons can appear in mirrors. Now, right. it would have to be interdimensional, well, and yeah. and if it's able to do that throughout all these generations with the same descriptive descriptions of what evil is even when the religions haven't been able to go and talk to each other then it has to be something that consistently happens and mankind just invented the word demon at the time i mean they could be considered an evil god in another uh, another time another language and in the technology and language of today they could be interdimensional space traveling aliens yeah absolutely but whatever they are, they cannot exist on this world without going and taking over the body of someone because they can't seem to form themselves on this world, which goes back to the biblical legends uh, of the Tanakh and of the Bible that God cast all the demons off earth and the angels left so they could not say that they were there too. Okay, and, yeah, I'll have to part with you there because I've had physical altercations with these things. They were in their own bodies. I mean, uh, yeah. But again, we each have our own experience. Uh, ben, no, now, why don't you, um, I'm sorry. I, go ahead. I've gone and had it. That's where they seem to create almost like a pocket reality where you're in their space. I've actually been sucked off the face of the earth for four hours by one of them. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's the multiverse. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to have to interrupt you here because we have a break coming up. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com with our guest, Nita Hickok. We will be right back. Stay with us. New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, and Psychic Radio, PsychicOnAir.com, powered by CBS Radio, AOL, and Yahoo, is unlike any talk radio station, with a mission to improve the world one listener at a time. This is where you can be the star of your own show. Our listeners are truly unique, truly interactive, and passionate about their world. The Sky and Psychic Radio listeners genuinely care about the environment, social justice, their personal health, and raising people up to live their best life every day. Our motto is New Horizons, No Boundaries. New Age Views, Life Coaching, Psychic Analysis, Alternative Medicine, and Cutting Edge Mind, Body, and Spirit shows can all be found on The Sky and Psychic Radio. Perhaps you have what it takes to join our broadcast family and open mind. 
a great idea and a passion for enriching lives. Check out all the exciting details by clicking the microphone on our homepage at NewSkyRadio.com or give Lisa Rodman a call at 248-546-9600 to learn just how affordable it can be to host a show. CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. And we're back behind the paranormal with our guest, Nita Hickok. And Anita has described, I want to get into the, the exorcism thing with Nita, especially her experience of being literally taken out of the world briefly. And I've very rarely heard of that. I have, but uh, we're going to continue with our regular questions first. Ben has, has, uh, has the next one. Yes. Uh, so can you explain your statement, um, uh, quote, did, I did countless exorcisms in the first 12 years of study. 
and I helped out everyone in the group I was in uh, that made that had made mistakes. Uh, what was the group you were working with, and what qualifications uh, or what qualified you to do exorcisms? Okay, uh, what qualified me to do exorcisms was my first exorcism because they figured if I survived that one, I'd, I was capable of helping other people. And also, I was in a mystery school at that time studying both, and I ended up being high-ranking. Uh, the qualifications uh, for it was like for the earth magic to get to priestess level you had to be able to write your own grimoire through an ancestral lincoln ancestor and i did that and I'm an, uh, an, ancest- an ancestral what please i didn't quite catch an ancestral spirit most oh, oh okay magic i got you i thought you said ancest- lincoln in there somewhere i mean had to be yeah. related to abraham lincoln or something. No, no 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 okay sorry and, i misheard you and most shamans end up having it run in their bloodline and you That's will always right. have an ancestor or ancestress that developed their own methods and had their own knowledge, and they expected you to be able to connect good enough with your own abilities to be able to write a book of their spells and rituals. Mm-hmm. Okay, were you a, were you a Wiccan or are you, are you a Wiccan? No, no, okay. I'm not Wiccan. Really, I'm. I would be considered more eclectic than anything else. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, I, I have great respect for that. Okay, uh, Ben, go ahead. Oh well, uh, we'll continue with the exorcism. Well, no, there was one later. other part of the question. Uh, what group was it you were working with? I was working with a mystery school in Los Angeles that is since uh, no longer operative. And if it's a mystery school, that means you end up being picked by them, and you don't really give out the names or talk about it. It was during the seventies, nineteen seventy, to be exact. That's why it's a mystery school, Ben. But in the ancient world, mystery religions and mystery schools were very, very common. At least the term uh, comes from from those times. And uh, you can argue, interestingly, and I'm sure that that Nita will agree, that that, that Christianity, in its original form at least, was a classic mystery school. You know, you you throw the catechumens out and you you have the the, sort of the... the, uh, Transformation of the Eucharist, as it was, was kind of a uh, only for the members, and there was this, uh, there was this sort of thing. Not, not to the point where the Gnostics would have it, but but uh, it's an old old tradition to have these these sorts of things. So, um, okay, is that uh, yeah? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah was just, right. that was just that part of the question. Right. So, in your opinion, how do people get into a position where they need an exorcism? Well, there's a number of ways, and I found that every person seems to be different. But the main thing always ends up being that they are in a place where they draw in more negativity than positive energies. And it can depend upon the land that... um, the house is built on it can actually be a whole area where you would look at that area and say wow all these people have the same problems it could be through a weakness within their energy system it could be through having talents they do not know how to control and seeing bad things and drawing them into themselves it is normally an attack through the back neck chakra uh, that does this. It could be trying to channel spirits and getting the wrong spirits. <laughs> yeah. It could be uh, also a problem with family sending spirits at them, people hating them sending spirits at them. 
and it could be from past lifetimes too where a spirit actually follows them from one life to another because they made some sort of agreement or contract. See, we find very much the same thing as you described, particularly with the land and uh, where people live, the circumstances, and all sorts of ducks sort of have to be lined up in order. And uh, from our experience, you know, possession is naturally the extreme end of the activities of what we would call parasites, you know, poltergeist being one of those those steps as well. But and I'm sure you found this too. Uh, I, I one of the worst things that I find Ben hasn't quite run into this yet, but is is when the victim bonds with whatever you want to call it. we call it a parasite, you might call it whatever, uh, and having to get weighed in and disentangle that, and that of course is is. Uh, a, a step toward the, the possession, as I've experienced it, and uh, I must say that I wonder if you agree with 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 us on this point. That there, there, ha- I've always found there has to be, no matter how small, some sort of tacit agreement on the yes. part of the victim. It's the, it's the thing just can't come in and take over. It's got to be even no matter how small. And you know, you know, Nita, I think of it as as Jonathan Harker standing at the door of Dracula's castle, in the mm-hmm. in, in the Dracula story, and, and and the count saying, "Enter of your own free will." In other words, he had you know he couldn't just take him; he had to enter of his own free will. And and that, in a way, may be being a holdover of old folklore, which does reflect ancient truths. You know, folklore does. So, um, what, what say you? I I agree with that, and I even have uh, had a few clients that were younger that played video games all the time where they signed their soul over in the video games, and it yeah. seemed to affect them. Uh, the main thing I have noticed recently, which has really been sort of horrifying to me in some ways, is that there's a phenomenon I call half-souls, and this is people who, after they were born went and got angry or hateful. Uh, the one insta- incident I'm quoting, the two sisters got in a fight, and the one sister used her fingernails to claw uh, down the other sister's face. The other sister broke off her fingernails, and she went and uh, damned them to hell and says, I wish you and your friends would die. And they went out there, and the sister's friends had their heads cut off by a wire over a canal that they didn't see. They were riding motorcycles, and the sister didn't, and the sister went crazy after that. Oh, boy. And has been... And and the other sister who wasn't affected asked me to help, and the sister that had done this, I did everything I could think of to try to unhook her from that demon, and then I had to realize, or demon, parasite, you know, whatever you want to call it, I had to realize that this sister made constant agreements with this uh, parasite to get her own way, to hurt other people, mm-hmm. and I could help the other sister a little bit, but the most, uh, but really it was like the angels and everybody just threw up their hands and said, forget it, she wants it there. Yeah, and, oh no, I, I hear you, I hear you. Loud and clear because there have been many cases I've seen, especially where young people uh, have uh, appreciated the attention they receive, you know, especially from this, you know, some kind of cosmic friend or whatever they think it is. And it's really, really bad. And I'll, and I'll add one more thing, and I'm sure you'll agree with this. One of the worst things, one of the worst byproducts of these these goofy shows on television, whether it be about, you know, ghost hunting, a term that I detest, uh, or any of these paranormal shows, I think they are 
you know, whether they mean to or not, attracting young people to start getting involved in the occult in the worst possible ways. Uh, it exposes them to the negative. And yeah. in one way, if they taught people how to help themselves and protect themselves, if they taught people how to cleanse themselves of these energies, it might help in a lot of ways with a lot of the negativity that's going on over everything in the world. But they don't. And that's my, my dislike of them. They never show the problem being solved. Okay. Well, Ben's got another question. So what's the difference between an exorcism and removing a curse? Okay, an exorcism is basically a phrase used by the Catholic Church to describe a priest removing a spirit. That can also be called a banishing, a cleansing, and a clearing. So, but it's just, people understand it when you say exorcism. They don't understand, oh, I cleared a person, or I banished a person, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, on attack with curses or hexes, it actually changes the energies around the people. So the most they do is draw in all the negative energies around them. They have everything turned bad. Um, their pets die. I mean, they sound like a really bad country western song. Yeah. When, when their lives get, uh, when they look at their lives, they can't seem to do anything right. People react badly to them. And it's all because of how they are perceived. And it's almost like something puts a veil or shadow over them with a, I am a jerk. Kick me put on the back would be one example. Yeah. You know, I smell bad. You're allergic to me. So the people, I've had people who were cursed say, people are sneezing and coughing around me all the time. I don't know what goes on. I get near them and they sneeze and cough and act like I smell bad. Mm -hmm. And so I actually had people test it that I had some people question it. And I said, okay, visualize above your head a sign that says I'm a nice person and get on a bus and see how people act. <laughs> I said right. them. I said, then visualize a sign above your head that says, my feet stink and I smell bad and see how people act. And I had some friends who were scientists who says, okay, I'll do that. There won't be a difference. And they were amazed. The people that um, on the first bus went and treated them really nice. And the people where they said, I smell bad, nobody would sit near them or talk to them. You know, it's funny, it brought up a, uh, uh, an incident from my military training, and this is an awful example because we're trying to be positive here, but you think, you know, we, we, we were taught to think, I am the wind in the grass, and people wouldn't see you. You know, in this yes. case, uh, you know, the, your opponent. So, uh, I mean, th that, that can be used uh, one way or the other, but uh, that's very, very interesting and very adept. Now, one thing I've always tried to do, too, is to look at it from the viewpoint of, of the parasite which maybe is, I don't know, just for the sake of knowing thine enemy. And I have always, I found a couple of very interesting, maybe you maybe you found the same thing. Um, I, when you were describing people who were uh, the victims of these things and having these terrible self-images and things actually responded to that, their reality became that. I'm thinking of uh, what we call her ex on the show. She's a very well-known oh, artist yes. in New York City who has been uh, the victim of one of these things for uh, well over 25 years now. And it's it's as though um, the the one that's attached to her. I've identified about nine or ten species of these parasites, and one some several of them are very very low level, kind of childlike, two dimensional thinkers, and this sort of thing. And especially these, 
the longer they are attached to, uh, whether in our world or partially in it or attached to one of us, the more they seem to forget their own origins. And I, I'm, I'm, I was going to ask you if you've encountered that, but we have another break coming up. Uh, but we'll pick up on that thought after the break. You're listening behind the paranormal on Paul, uh, with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, with our guest Nita Hickok. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Discover your spirit. Listen to Spirit Guide Radio, where spiritual guides nourish your soul every weekday. Heidi Hollis, The Outlander, The Zodiac Girls with Solaris, Laura, and Kira. Laura Lee's Spirit Salon. Ask Dr. Doug with Dr. Doug Lira. Life by Number with Celeste. And Keeping Life Real with Dr. Susan J. Stone. It's Spiritually Speaking Radio. Spirit Guide Radio at 11 p.m. Eastern on New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons, No Boundaries. New Sky Radio. Powered by CBS. Hello, baby, hello. Haven't seen your face for a while Have you quit doing time for me? Or are you still the same spoiled child? Hello, I said hello Is this the only place you thought to go? Am I the only man you ever had? Or am I just the last surviving friend?
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. And we are back with our fascinating guest, author, psychic, and healer, Nita Hickok, and we wanted to continue with the thoughts uh, we were discussing before the break, and I had pointed out to Nita that something we have noticed about uh, the entities, especially lower echelon uh, parasitical entities, uh, kind of forgetting about their own origins and uh, where, from, uh, well, when they're with us too long or attached to a person or whatever. Yeah, like the Bell Witch. Yeah, like like the Bell Witch case in Tennessee, we we often talk about, and that is uh, seemingly a problem for them because they're afraid to separate from the person you're trying to separate them from because they don't know what to do or where to go. Um, have you run into that, Anita or Nita? I'm sorry. Yeah, and Nita's sort of hard to remember at times. <laughs> uh, but I went and I had this happen a number of times, and it was almost like they were drawing in all the emotions and energies around and it seemed like they almost were hooked to the other side so I really wondered if they aren't the parasite or demon version of radio or TV because they are limited in their worlds they they do not, they are so alien that they don't have our emotions mm. they don't think the way we do exactly. so for them it's sort of exciting to do this uh, on this world and with all the people. That's how come they try to possess people and come over here is because they are getting something out of it different than where they exist. And that's the only reason anything ever does, anyone ever does anything or any being would do it would be they get a benefit from what they're doing here. And I think most of that is living through our bodies, our experiences and our emotions. Well, that's interesting, too. And, and what we had pointed out as well, the, the danger of young people getting involved in this, because I've seen these things very often started by feeding the egos of many young people. And the young people today in our society, are, as Ben, ben will, will tell you, are very um, uh, alienated very often. Now, Ben, you've had some friends who uh, have had uh, parasitical experiences, so to speak, or have been uh, courted by them uh, ego-wise and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, so... Um, but it's encouraged by a lot of things because, you know, I'm a college student. I don't go to, like, a real college, quote-unquote. I go to a community college, but most college campuses I visit are not the most positive places in the world because there's ridiculous amounts of binge drinking and, like, all these horrible, horrible things. Like, one time I visited my girlfriend's college, a kid got sucker-punched in the face, like, right outside her door, and it's just... It's like our... In, like the environments that my generation is stuck into are just so terrible and we can't take care of ourselves because we're idiots and it's just it leads to all sorts of terrible terrible things the present company accepted you're no idiot but anyway i see your point uh it's terrible so uh did you have anything to ask anita right now before uh, anita why do i keep saying uh i have a good friend anita anyway uh before we continue with uh, some of these oh, well, I know that with uh, my travels, I really enjoyed the Philippines, and I realized why. I don't have any children myself, but the children over there had manners. They were taught respect. Mm -hmm. They didn't interrupt you, and they didn't act as big of idiots. And right. I, had, I had to say, gee, I went and, you know, I thought about it, and I says, why don't I like these 
my children in my own country most of the time. And it's because of the fact that they don't have any respect for themselves or others a lot of times, and they don't think anything's more important than what they want to do. And if you have anything tie into an ego like that, and the parents haven't taught them ethics, then that person will do almost anything. That leaves them vulnerable to what we've been talking about, certainly. So we've been yeah. we've been destroying ourselves. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, I was going to ask you too about uh, what what is uh, oh we no, you know what is I want to get back to the original question. What is astral healing? Astral healing is the my being able to control my astral travel and out of body experiences where I pull my body, including on the etheric level, where I can stand there on a real etheric a real time etheric level and people have actually felt my hands on them like I was standing there with them, hands on healing them. So that's that, that's shamanic ability, really. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, so you- it is. So, dumb question. Are you a shaman? Obviously, you are. Well, I, I might, I have an interesting family lineage, and I have Celtic blood, I have some Native American blood, and I have Jewish uh, oh. blood, too. So, all of those combined, I think, made it so that I have a lot of talents that really are more or less heredity just through what I've gone and have in my bloodline so that's a shamanic ability and so is distant healing it's being able to create a pocket reality where you exist on some level right by the person and can do it from a distance now what i like about this is being it on an astral real-time plane they have no time so, like, I can be working for 10 minutes, and it'd be like 12 hours, 14 hours of work on this plane. Mm-hmm. So it makes it more effective for me being able to help the most people. No, no that makes sense. Well, certainly to use, use the, uh, well, the, the, in our terms, use the multiverse to manipulate time like that is, is an everyday thing and very important. Um, what is soul restoring and retrieval? You mentioned that in, your, in the information you sent us. Okay, soul restoration and retrieval. Now, many times through abuse and problems, we have what is known as a fragmented soul or a split soul. And there's always an emotional trauma that forms the wedge that splits the soul at a younger age or splits the soul at whatever age that trauma happened at. So you remove the trauma and you try to reconnect the divine to it you use angelic forces or divine forces the person believes in to go and reweave their soul their soul purpose and their divine selves and you can't do this without being able to have a connection to the divine love and divine grace and light where you can call this in to heal these things now plenty of people say they retrieve soul pieces from where people hide them and um, this has gotten to be a big business and I read one lady's description she charged the people $500 for one session and said she had restored six soul pieces well that means the person would be going through six traumas at once and they said they didn't feel anything so she wasn't doing her work she just wrote things better than I do I guess but <sighs> the fact is is you can only do 
a little bit at a time because most of the time the people will relive through their traumas and the soul itself is perfect on the divine plane. It's eternal. It's just how it manifests in the body with all these disharmonies, abuse, and trauma that makes it where you have to heal the connections in the body. Well, okay, well, that makes sense. We, you, you must. Do you work with other entities from? You know, I don't mean the you know the negative ones. I mean positive ones. Uh, yes, I work with angels all the time. Um, it's just most of the time the positive forces will help you when a person believes in them because if they're positive, they're a part of God, like I said, and they want that person healed and helped. One of my problems has always been that uh, people seem to, when they make contact with entities, and uh, I've had to go through this myself, was do they? how do they tell whether they're really what they say they are? And I've always been amazed how people, especially when they use seances and all that stuff they shouldn't use, uh, will assume that what they're being told is true. How do you test whatever you run into? Okay, now I have had false angels... Um try to manifest before and if an angel feeds your ego and if you say well should I pray to you instead of God and it tells you yes oh, and you say should I bow down to you and it tells you yes that is no angel wow you're, well, you're, you're mighty right about that and so you can test them that way and if they try to act that way to you you know it's not an angel and you know to get rid of it but most people don't try doing that no they don't and an angel will not appear out of nowhere i had one person who thought an angel was in every bird and rock and maybe there are angels around but angels will not come up and talk to you and put themselves forth they want to wait for you to ask them to help the pray to god to have angels to help and then is when you get the real angels and they always come down your divine channel they aren't there outside you finishing your sentences and giving you advice right very well put uh we often find that there are well we always find that you know people use the term angels but for most people it's you know any any good entity uh theologically I did a lot of studies of angels when I was in the seminary. I spent 10 years in seminary. And there isn't a lot of study done on that. They, they're sort of, you know, they're there in the Bible and they're there here and there, but people don't generally do, uh, you know, graduate treatises on them and stuff like that. But I, I began to realize that, that at least as, as I was going on through paranormal work, I don't, maybe you agree, I don't know, is that there are many different species of neighbors, I like to refer to them, in, you know, close parallel worlds who are either in the same boat as we are uh, and or are of good intention uh, and or are of very good intention, uh, such as what we call angels. Uh, I have no doubt there are servants of God who are, but we all are are supposed to do that, be be servants of God. Um, But the actual beings with wings and all this, that that, that seems to be how we depict them, although there are photographs of uh, of angelic beings i don't don't know what what is what is an angel in your opinion after i went on rambling like that well angels to me uh really aren't like the standard forms they show i mean uh 
I really see them more along the Jewish lines, like the bearers of the throne, yeah. the ones that are shaped like wheels. Mm-hmm. They have many different shapes, and I can't believe God would just create humanity, so maybe they are manifestations of higher level energy beings that can come to this earth and do help um, humans that need help. Uh-huh. What well, one thing then that brings up the question, where did the where did the Christian version of angels come from? Well, I only came from the Italian Renaissance, I'm afraid. That's uh, in the art. I think that's as deep as that goes. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. If you read the different Bibles, like if you read the Quran, you read the Tanakh, you read the regular Bible, you see that a lot of the Bible was sanitized but in the King James Version to what they want people to believe. Like oh, the cute well, little cherubs. The cute little cherubs are supposed to be nine-foot warriors in the Jewish Bible. <laughs> That's right. And as my, well, in the Tanakh, yeah. The uh, the whole business of, of the, the, the Bible translations. And, and I, I went and deliberately learned he, as much Hebrew as I could at a local synagogue uh, in order to read Genesis in the original. You know, and the, the translations in English are just awful. And people say, aha, look at this. And as you look at the Greek, it doesn't really say that, or Aramaic in the case of, uh, of Mark. But uh, it's, it's, the, the whole Bible issue is a real problem. However, the, uh, the nature of angels is clear. And a- angel, of course, means... Uh, oh, we've got to wrap. I'm sorry. I'm yakking. we got a break here. We'll be right back. Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, CBS News Sky Radio. Stay with us. You have questions. We have answers. Thursday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, join Reverend Linda Newman and Tom Force for Answers. Join Linda and Tom for fun, uplifting, and empowering conversation. And, of course, Answers. At 8 p.m. Eastern Time, it's the Zoe Moon Astrology Show. Zoe will be bringing her unique perspective on the cosmos and its effects on you. Get a jump on your weekend and insight into the important transits by sign as Zoe shares what to expect up ahead. Life by number is where the numbers really add up. Love, money, health, move, master numerologist Celeste. Read your numbers and the vibrations they represent on the earthly level, sometimes beyond. Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons, No Boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. Okay, and we are back with Nita Hickok, and we've got time, I think, probably for one more full question. Then, if you would do the honors. So, how do psychic? How do you do psychic vampire removal? Yeah, and what is a psychic vampire? A psychic vampire is somebody who goes and draws energy from you. The more vicious ones actually try to get pieces of divine energy. Uh, soul connections use the back of the neck to. Uh, get to the soul because it's the exit of the soul there's a seat of the soul in the body too that's on this level that manifests in this you know human body and um they insert tentacles and insert their own matter in you where it's almost like a beacon 
And then next thing you know, they're just draining you. And if they drained you of, say, ill health or something good, I mean, no one would care. But what they always drain you of is your good luck. They're jealous. And most of the time, they're very manipulative people who try to get you to get to know you immediately. And then it's like they turn on you. You're supposed to play a role. And next thing you know, you just can't figure out why they're acting that way. And then you get drained all the time and nothing goes right for you. And so I don't see them as anything benevolent. Uh, I even was contacted recently saying they were trying to do a TV show about them. I don't know why they contacted me. But oh, gosh. Everybody yeah. has run into those people, though. Yeah. They know it or and, not. And um, they can be your mother, your neighbor, anybody. And most of the time, they don't know what they're doing. The ones that do know what they're doing, that have studied the chakras, massage, the occult, esoteric books, can be a problem worse than a regular magician. Yeah, that hates you. Wow, what do you do about this sort of thing? How do you, you know, in a way, it's almost easier to. It's not, but I mean, it, one would think it's almost easier to separate uh, an entity you can't see from someone than than the person you you know live next to or who's in your family who's doing this to. Well, they go and they keep you upset, keep you in trauma all the time. So. I suggest that the person learns not to get upset and how to watch their own thoughts and control. And then I have some methods which are basically shields where they draw on the energies of the deaths of your ancestors. So the only thing they get off you is death. So you're rather inedible, so they don't want to bother with you. Interesting. We're very big on ancestors. Uh, you don't often hear that in the West, but uh, we have very often used ancestors to help fight parasites or to help get people out of other paranormal situations that, that are that is un, that are un, uh, situations that are uncomfortable. So, uh, okay, excellent. Well, Anita, we, we uh, we're just about out of time here, and uh, we're going to wrap up the show. And we wanted to thank you so much for being with us. Uh, I must say, I'm impressed. I. I didn't expect someone with with the feet on the ground as you have. That I think that's important, and we're definitely going to have you back. Yes. But I want to give you a chance to tell talk about your books and your website. Uh, I have a project that I'm trying to get donations for, which is clearing the energies of negativity from countries. Well, I if wanted to ask look- about that, yeah. If you look at what's happening in the U.S. today, it's like everything brings our worst fear alive uh, because we have so many layers of negative energies. And I've tried correcting it, but it isn't in small spots. It's also hooked overseas in our economy, our business dealings. And uh, the Orient seems to be the spot where I've been more or less called to try to work on that. And the Philippines, Korea, all those places seem to have our energies tied up in them from World War II. And also the natural disasters, the genocide, the Vietnam War. And I feel that if we can change the energies so they aren't kept frozen in place, we can help release some positive change that will help our economy will free us from past failures such as the war in Vietnam and other places and help us move on to where we aren't bringing our worst fears alive. Well, people should never underestimate the power of such action, especially when we do it together. Yeah, I've seen it happen. Well, Nita, it's, thank you so much for being with us. Thank and you. We'll be in touch off the air. And um, thanks again. Ben, any final? You were a pleasure to have on the show. Thank you. 
Coming from him, that's a real compliment. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Nita. Okay. All right, folks. Uh, Nita Hickok, check it out. Uh, and if you live in southeastern New England, Ben and I are teaching a course at Learning Connection Province, Rhode Island, uh, exploring the paranormal. And that next session begins Saturday, February 11th from 1 to, f- 1 to 3 p.m. It will be a five-week course, including two field trips to sites of interesting cases. So many thanks to your producer, Will Kotnick, and we will see you next Sunday, January 22nd, when my dad and I will welcome the great British cryptozoologist, Richard Freeman, for some adventures in cryptozoology. And in the meantime, tune in to our New England Drive Time Show on W O O N twelve forty AM and O N Worldwide dot com at six PM Eastern Time every Monday. And you can always get free podcasts of all our shows, along with show schedules and guest information at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And we do suggest you uh, watch or uh, check check Richard Freeman out. He's a very interesting fellow. If you watch Animal Planet or many of the other channels that air uh, paranormal shows uh, that have to do with cryptozoology, you've probably seen Richard Freeman. He's a very prominent fellow, and we're very much looking forward to uh, having him on the show. Uh, we will be having, uh, I guess it's another station, so I'm not supposed to really talk about it, we have a two-part series on exorcism from uh, the experience that I have had with it, and uh, we'll let you know more about that next week. So again, uh, we leave you with a thought from the great Roman poet Horace, who lived in the first century B.C., Quote, carpe diem, that's seize the day in Latin. Rejoice while you are alive, enjoy the day, live life to the fullest, make the most of what you have, it is later than you think. Unquote. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.